Christian greetings this morning, and we welcome everyone here to the church service today. Um, we hope that you can be blessed. Um, the last couple of weeks, well, actually, the, probably the last month, I had been thinking about what I might be preaching on the next time that, that it's my turn. And um, a month or so ago, I had the opportunity of teaching a youth class. And there wasn't many there, but we had a great time. And we were studying Matthew 9, uh, verse 26, I think, is where, where um, I got the idea of. And it's not a glamorous subject. It's not something that I think there will be a lot of jumping pews and shouting hallelujahs when, when I get done with this sermon. But it was, it was one that I felt like was needful. And it has to do with the subject of fasting. Um, I'll be reading out of Matthew 6, and I'll be reading a, a number of verses, and the ones that I skip are not going to be because they aren't important. It's just that I've got, I've got a big field to plow today, and it's, um, I don't think, when I started doing research on this, fasting is not something that has just been mentioned a time or two in the Bible. It is mentioned over and over and over again. Just offhand, let's have a list of people that fasted. Do you, you know of anyone? Who? Esther, Esther did, yes. Jesus. Jesus, our best example, yeah. Hannah. Who? Hannah. Hannah did? That's right. There's, it just goes on and on and on. And why did they fast? That's right. And today, I believe that fasting is just as important today as it was back then. And it's, and it's a subject, unfortunately, that we don't hear about too often. And, and um, I remember as a, as a young boy growing up, and I don't know if I should even, even give this, this part of the story, um, but it is, you know, it's the way I saw it as a young child. You know, uh, ahead of communion, we had preparatory services, and then, then um, between the first, the preparatory service and communion, we had we had a fast day, and um, what that amounted to is that we didn't have breakfast. The ones that were members, but as 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 a young lad, sometimes, um, well, the the members didn't eat; the non-members did. And oh my, the breakfast was so good that morning. There was a lot of smacking of lips and talking about how good the rolls were and the eggs and everything else that we had. It was, it was absolutely delicious. After we became members, then it became a time of, well, we read, had family devotions and then we read Isaiah 58 and then we read Matthew 18, and it's like, hey, Dad, can we go take a nap now? And it'll be dinner time soon, you know. And I don't really think that way of keeping the fat, or that way of fasting was any different than it is today in what I'm talking about in Matthew 6. Let's read Matthew 6, starting. And there again. 
I don't believe that fasting is wrong. I don't think that, that you know, my parents, that's not the way that they fasted. They actually had a burden for the church. They had a burden for the well-being of the brotherhood. And so it amounts to what is the condition of my heart and what is the condition of your heart? Matthew 6, verse 1, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know that thy right, what thy right hand doeth that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in, seeth in secret shall reward thee openly." But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that when they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. And then I'm going to drop down to verses 16 and 18. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a, sound, of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their face, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward." But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thine face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. <clears throat> so is it important? Is it a command? I think we read here about giving alms. We read about praying, and that's something that, that us as Christians have taken full responsibility of in the in the years that we've been, been known to gather together in churches, that we've, we've practiced giving alms. We've practiced um, praying. But why is fasting something that isn't that important to us anymore? I think um, it says in verse 16, moreover, when ye fast. It doesn't say if ye fast. It says moreover, when ye fast. Um, you should do it this way. So I think it's, it's something that incorporated into our lives. It's an integral part of Christian living. And when should we fast? It's, it's something about it that I have, I have noted. You know, we, have, we announced a, a time of fasting for the, for the Haitian brotherhood that is, is being held hostage very appropriate. And I believe that's exactly the times. There's, there's times in our lives when we feel our desperate need for, for God and for Christ. And those are the times that we should be fasting. These are the times that when, we're, when we're feeling discouraged, when we're feeling overwhelmed with life. Let's go to the fasting. Let's go to prayer. But why? Why is fasting the way to go? You know, what difference does it make? Does God like, do we earn brownie points by, by um, you know, by fasting? 
Does God want our works? I mean, this morning I was blessed with, with the scripture reading in Ephesians 2 where Taylor read, that's not by works. So, so that means if we're, if we're fasting, we're, we're trying to draw God's attention to our works. No, that's not what it is. He wants a broken and contrite heart. And I think that that's what, when we see our need for God, when we see our dependence on God, I read a quote, and I was, I was um, blessed with it. It says, um, Donald Whitney says, Remember that fasting itself is not humility, but should be an expression of humility. We can fast all day long. It doesn't make a bit of difference. If we're, if we're still a proud man at the end of the day, that means that, that it did nothing for us at all, and you just... You just um, rip yourself off from having a good meal, you know. <clears throat> and I had, a, um, I had a friend that I, and you youth heard that. I had a friend that we were talking about it one day. We were at a restaurant and we were eating and I looked at him and I knew he likes ice cream a lot and I looked at him and I go, hey, want some ice cream? He says, no. He says, I want ice cream. But he said, I'm, I'm having Lent right now, not eating ice cream. I see. He said, so what does Lent mean to you? And he says, well, a lot of people think that if they, they um, withhold something from themselves, it's, it's a sacrifice that they're willing to make for God. I said, I, that's not what I asked. I said, what does it mean to you? And he says, well, what it means to me is that every time that I get hungry for ice cream, I get this craving for ice cream, and, I, and you can put anything in there that you want to, um, but any time that I get hungry or I have this desire for this specific thing, he says, I think about what Christ has done for the, on the cross for us. That was wonderful. It touched me. And I think that's, that's the way fasting should be to us today. We should, we should have a, make it a real thing in our hearts. That, does that mean that you should just shut everything down? You know, I think that can, make it, that can make them even more real. But I think, I must say that when, when we had that fast day for, for the missionaries, um, it, it was a long day. I was hungry. But it also reminded me over and over again of, of people that are in much less fortunate circumstances than we are today. <clears throat> Before we go any further, I'd li also like to read the, um, the uh, Isaiah 58, the first eight verses, I believe it is. And that is, that is something there again. It was, it was real. Fasting can be, can be done improperly. I think sometimes, I mean, John Wesley had, before you could be an ordained minister, you had to, to um, you had to fast twice a week in order to, to become an ordained minister in the, in the whatever church, what was he at? The Westland Church, I guess. No, I don't know what church he was, but it's, it's one of those things that sometimes it can almost become too much habit 
And I'm not saying that it's wrong to fast twice a week, but sometimes it can become too much habit and you forget why you're fasting. I think that you, you need to really have that emotional attachment. Why am I doing it? Um, in, in Isaiah 58, in the first eight verses, it says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up the voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Yeah, you were, you were pretty efficient with your fasting, weren't you? Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the day that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And that thou bring thy poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of God shall be thy righteousness, shall be thy reward. And I believe that that is the way that we need to see it. And I... And it was like we were talking about alms this morning. Um, it's not about necessarily about the amount of money that we give. You know, some, some of us don't have money to give. Others do. But all of us have got something that we can contribute to, to the needs around us. And, and that would be something that I, that I want it to be real in everyone's heart. Why are we fasting? Are we doing it for personal for per personal reasons, are we doing it for the heart? Do we have a concern? Do we have a desire to serve the Lord? <clears throat> the other, another quote that I read, it says, Fasting is not just a phys physical discipline. It can be a spiritual feast. <clears throat> and then, then I think also when we go back into reading, you know, why do we, you know, I think, Today, we need to be um, thinking about fasting when we see needs around us, when we see needs in our own heart that need to be addressed, when there's personal, personal, yeah, personal problems that need to be addressed or even congregational needs that need to be addressed. Um, but why did, our, why did our ancestors or our forefathers in the Old Testament times, why did they, why did they um, um, fast. And I think part of the reason was, I mean, we read about David fasting when, when God had um, basically, did he curse him for, for what he had done to, um, hmm, lost her name. What, what was the white uh, woman that he had? Bathsheba, right. And um, we read about Esther when she saw the needs of her people. And, and there's 
you know, every time there was a dramatic need out there that they saw that needed to be addressed and they were willing to do it. So repentance, death, sin, tragedy, and grief. Um, you know, in, in those times we tend to forget our desire for food and, and tend to, to invoke the name of God. And I think those are the times that need to be addressed, yes, but I also think in, even in our, in our better times that we need to be analyzing our lives and seeing what does God really want for our lives. That's, a, that's an important, what, is, what does God want for my life? What does he want for yours? And I don't think that it's going to be, it's not a, going to be a cookie sheet pattern here that everybody's going to have the same thing. Hudson Taylor was in, in China, and he found some Chinese Christians who were accustomed to spend time in prayer and fasting. They recognized that this fasting, which, was, which so many dislike, which require faith in God since it makes one weak and poorly, is really a divinely appointed means of grace. Perhaps the greatest hindrance of our work is our own imagined strength. And in fasting, we learn what poor, weak creatures we are. Depending on a meal of meat for the little strength which we are so, so apt to lean on. I really thought that was pretty impressive. Um, we, we like to think that we're strong individuals. Give us a few days without a meal really shows who the strength is. And I think so often we also don't realize that we make food our God. <clears throat> Going on, I've got, whoa, I've got 10 points that I want to make. <clears throat> I knew that this was going to be a long haul. This is going to be a... Um, yeah, it was, and I might have to cut out a few points. That's, that's fine. Um, it's to strengthen. Sometimes we, 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 um, we practice fasting for strengthening. Ezra was ready to lead the children back into Israel. They were in captivity, and he was... He was worried about that because he, was, he was, knew that there's going to be a lot of wealth going on with them. And so he said that um, he's, he needs an armed escort is what he needs. But yet he was ashamed to tell the king that, hey, we need an armed escort. Because I had told them that our God can provide our needs. And here I'm saying, we really need you to provide protection for us then. And so they, they and their families, the, the, the people that were going back, went into prayer and fasting. They made it back. Ezra 8.21, if you want to read about that. And this one's for Keith and Jania here. <clears throat> this is a quote. Fasting is the kale of the Christian disciples. We know it is good for us, but we don't seek it out on the menu. It's, it's true. It's not glamorous to look at. It's not fun to fast. It's not fun to afflict our souls. And we can afflict all our souls. We can eat all the kale that we want to, but if we don't balance it out with other things, it's really not going to benefit anybody. Point two, to seek God's guidance. Judges 20, 26, Israel prayed for guidance. They had, the Benjaminites came up to them. Uh, they were trying to destroy them. Um, they, they did actually conquer them twice, or they had a victory twice, and Israel was discouraged. They went into fasting, and they, they seek God's um, direction. And I think sometimes when we concentrate, when we really think about what does God want for us, 
Do we actually, do we actually want God's direction? We say that we do, but do we actually? And are we willing to, to go into fasting to seek God's direction? To express grief, David and his men at the loss of Saul and his sons in 1 Samuel 31, 13, we read that. Um, sometimes we do have overwhelming grief that we just about don't know how to handle. It, life, life comes, I, I think God lost control. He didn't really know what we needed. Yeah, he did. But we can, we can still depend on it. God will provide. Um, to seek protection or deliverance, and I think that's something that, that the, the, the missionaries in Haiti would, would feel right now, is that they really, really need that. And I think that that's something that we can, we can fast with them. It's, it's good to, to corporately fast together. To express repentance or return to God. And that's something that we read about in 1 Samuel 7, 6, Israel repented of their idol worship. And my, one of my favorite stories, Jonah three ten, whole lit. They had mass repentance going on there, but um, they, they announced the fast, not only for the, the men and the women, the adults that really were, you know, they could handle it. They announced it for the, the children. They announced it for the livestock. Can you imagine the bellering that was going on from the children and the, and the livestock? I mean, that was a lot of noise going on, and I don't think that there was any doubt that, the, that they were serious about this. <clears throat> and then, to come to God with humility. And we read about that. Ahab was a wicked king. 1 Kings 21, 27 to 29, Ahab was a wicked king. He um, really... God proclaimed his demise, and he repented. He fasted. And God said, you won't see it in your, your day. You won't see the, the terrible things happening to you as that I had prophesied that were going to happen. And then to express a concern for the work of the Lord. Nehemiah was concerned about the broken down walls, and so he went into fasting. He said, let's, let's pray, and we'll get this, um, we'll see what kind of miracles that God will perform. There's a lot of dangers out there, but God provided. It's, all, it's awesome. And then another thing, and the, um, I, was, I was impressed in Acts um, 14, verse 23, it talks about the apostles ordained elders, and they said that they had a time of fasting, for them, and then they commended them to the Lord and sent them out on their way. And it was, I, I really appreciated that. You know, what is my concern? Do we have a burden for the church? Do we have a burden for, not only for the church, but for the lost souls out there? <clears throat> to minister to the needs of others, and, and that was in Isaiah 58, is where we read about that. We can fast, we can, we can, we can share our hope and our, our finances and our, and our houses. Um, today, one of the brothers made the comment in Sunday school, he said, if there would be true love, what does that look like? If there's a, there's, you know, if you had the choice between your neighbor's house burning or your house burning, which would, which would you choose? And you know, 
Selfishly, we like to think that, well, um, no, we feel sorry for him, and we're just thankful that, that our house wasn't the one that burned. But truthfully, do we care about our neighbor enough to love him the way that God wants us to love our neighbor? <clears throat> to overcome temptation, and here we have our best example yet. In Matthew, we read about Jesus went into the, uh, into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, and he fasted. I think he felt his need. Do we feel our needs? To express love and worship for God. In Luke 2.37, we read that Anna stayed in the temple day and night, fasting and praying. She was concerned about, the, about her people. She was praying for the coming Messiah. She wanted, she wanted what was good for the people. And I think... I think that is, the, that is the whole purpose of fasting. What is, what is my life actually about? Do we actually sometimes want to make food our God? Is, is food possibly our God? Is, is our stomach our God? And are we really concerned about the church or do we just have a superficial um, outlook on things? <clears throat> now I have got a... I've just got one question I'd like to put out there. How do we practically practice fasting today? Um, I think number one, I think we don't want to have food being our, our gods. But also, we want to make sure that we are willing to sacrifice the time and commit our lives to something greater than ourselves. And sometimes fasting isn't even about just getting rid of food. Sometimes I think fasting can also be a time of something that we may see. You know, subconsciously, we may see something in our lives that, that might be taking control of our lives, and we may be spending too much time. Do we practice spending too much time on social media? Do I spend time, as much time with God in reading the Bible as I do on social media? How about sports? How about hunting? How about work? I mean, every one of us need to be taking time out in our lives to be looking at what, what we should possibly be analyzing and possibly be backing off on. And because sometimes after being, having, not having it for a week, we see this has been a time hog. And, you know, um, God's promises are not are not just good for everybody, are they? And I want to be careful how I say that. Are they good for everybody? I think they're good for everybody, but they're contingent on, on our obedience to God. I think if we don't listen to God, I think the children of Israel have proved it, that he doesn't listen to us. <clears throat> and that's what I would like to close with, is God's promises are contingent on our obedience. And I've got Shane um, is going to be playing a song for us yet.